This is episode number 99, Serving Others, with Derek Garcia. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to an upcoming event that we'll be hosting in San Diego on November 16th, Flourishing Beyond Your Circumstances. This is an experience that was created by other community members from the Overcoming Ads tribe where you'll get a chance to hear stories from powerful speakers from all over the country and be a part of breakout sessions intended to help you share your own story. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash events. Now, let's get back to our guest. This week's conversation features Derek Garcia. After serving in the U.S. Navy and building a corporate career, he jumped ship to start his own business. He used the discipline and dedication learned in the Navy and the business acumen developed in the corporate world to build his own business under his own terms, fulfilling his dreams through helping others achieve theirs, as well as having a legacy to leave to his family, drives everything he does. Without further ado, please welcome Derek Garcia. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Odds Podcast. Today's guest is someone who I was fortunate enough to meet through the power of social media, and I feel like I'm repeating this phrase over and over again because all the people that I end up meeting are through LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and you know it's really fascinating that you and I, Derek, met a little while ago, and we started to talk about kind of our experiences and how they've shaped who we are, and so I wanted to really bring you on this show and, and give you an opportunity to share your story because I think you've developed a very unique perspective based on the experiences that you've lived. And so I think the best way to start off kind of our conversation and um, be able to identify certain things within that story is maybe by answering this rather loaded question that I always say, and that is, who are you? You know, because there's so many layers that make up who we are. And so we get to choose as far as how we want to be seen in this world. So I want to pose that question to you and ask you, who are you? Sure. First and foremost, Oleg, I want to thank you for the great work you do through this podcast and uh, through all the work that you do across the country. I'm actually thoroughly impressed with with everything that you guys do and all the good work that you're putting out. Um, you know, it's 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 extremely helpful to me, and uh, I just appreciate the opportunity to be a part of it. So, first, I'll answer your question by saying I'm still trying to figure out who I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's an and ongoing think, process, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And that's not a bad thing. I've uh, I've worn many hats throughout my life, and, and every hat that I've worn has given me a great set of experiences and new skill sets, all that great stuff. Um, but what I am and who I am is, first and foremost, I'm a Navy veteran. That's why you see this wonderful Navy flag behind me and my Navy uh, sweatshirt that I'm wearing that I wear proudly. Um, and I also currently now I'm an entrepreneur and I own a financial services company. And we basically help people plan for retirement and make sure their loved ones and assets are protected from financial downturn. 
Um, and that's kind of half of our, our, our mission. The other half is we also coach aspiring entrepreneurs. We're, we're very strong into teaching entrepreneurship and helping people understand what it's about and that it is doable. Um, in particular, veterans um, and, and veterans who are transitioning from the military to civilian life. Um, and then, of course, you know, we, we coach uh, in terms of how to become an entrepreneur and then what are some of the opportunities out there that may fit based off of their desires and skill sets. Mm -hmm. That's a couple of things that we do. Um, I'm also a father of two beautiful daughters, a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. Um, they uh, keep me on my toes, but they're the <laughs> of my life. Um, they're both very beautiful, and the 13-year-old uh, is starting to get her own following of young men. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm being punished for my sins. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that you mentioned that. You know, it's a topic that one of the topics you brought up through sharing your story is this transition piece of coming from military background. And I've always been curious as far as how an individual makes that transition because as you and I were talking before, based on some of the conversations that I've had in life with people who actually were in combat, um, you know, there's this different view and definition that you establish of what life means and especially beyond that world so to yep. share with us if you could a little bit about that experience that you've had and then the transition that you had to make and maybe some of the obstacles and challenges that you've encountered along the way re-entering this what we call world or normal world whichever way you define that you know coming back into this space and not having to be surrounded by war or the things that you might have been accustomed to for however long your time was there and then readjusting and learning how to accept this world as part of your life again. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll start by saying that first and foremost, um, my experiences are a little bit more nuanced than perhaps a soldier, for example, who's been in wartime combat, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously that's a pretty severe experience and can leave pretty significant impacts on a person in terms of PTSD and, and possibly some other things. Um, but in general, even those of us who may not necessarily being in the Navy, you know, combat is a lot different for us. Whereas I was in during wartime, I was on a ship, we, we attacked enemies from far distances. So it wasn't like we were on the battlefield or anything like that. And it's kind of interesting because while I was in the Navy, when I heard about uh, difficulties transitioning to civilian life, I kind of thought, well, it's kind of strange. I, I don't understand why that would be such a difficult transition. And of course, I didn't know what I didn't know while mm -hmm. I was active. And then as I got closer and closer to uh, being discharged, um, you know, it was something that was talked about here and there. And we even had uh, discussions with uh, different people outside of the military that helped us transition out, talking about potential difficulties. And it was when I was participating in these things, I was like, man, that really doesn't apply to me. You know, I, I'm going to be all right. It's no big deal. It's mm -hmm. I'm just going to not be wearing a uniform every day, pretty much. And, and I consider still consider myself and definitely considered myself back then a very focused and very driven type person. And so I was more focused on, okay, what am I going to do career wise? I'm going to get back home, be with my family, you know, do whatever I have to do to, to be successful, fulfill my dreams, you know, being a, a person, a guy in my mid twenties, um, you know, and I was at the point back then, like, it doesn't matter if I have to clean porta potties or uh, <laughs> dig ditches or whatever, I'm going to do what I have to do. 
<laughs> to, to achieve my dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, very naive. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, so when I got out, um, I was fortunate enough to actually start right off in corporate America, um, just based off of my skill sets and experience, mainly in the Navy. And a couple things that I, I well, first and foremost, when I moved back home after I got out, um, I noticed that after being gone for six years, things had changed. Right. And you understand that at a high level, I think, but you don't really fully get it until you're immersed in it. First and foremost, um, I had a couple of key family members pass away while I was gone. And I say key because they were key in, in holding our family together. They were the glue that held our family together. So after that happened, it seems like my family just kind of scattered and they all went their own way and didn't really keep in much contact with each other. And that was very odd to me and very uh, impactful and not in a good way because prior to me leaving, our family was very close. So that was something that was kind of odd was just the, the time being away. And, you know, obviously I changed while I was gone and, you know, they all changed and everybody was kind of doing their own thing. So that was something I had to come to terms with. And the same thing is true with all of my friends prior to um, leaving to the Navy. Come on back to Colorado and, you know, like I said, everybody changes over a six year period. Um, my friends were now had their own careers, their own families moving forward with their lives, which, of course, is great for them. But when you're coming back into this environment with a certain set of expectations and it's completely different on all fronts in terms of your personal life and your family life and all that stuff, it's quite a shock, to be honest with you. Um, so overcoming those things or, or learning to accept those things actually took a long while for me. And I've actually had conversations with other veterans that have experienced similar things, maybe different specifics around it, but just um, especially veterans that, that went back home after they were discharged, uh, where they really struggled with not only how things changed at home, but how they changed themselves and then trying to integrate themselves back into that environment. It's kind of like um, feeling like part of your identity has been pulled away from you. And you have to kind of figure, figure out how you fit back into all of that again when you're, when you're immersed in it again. Um, another aspect that was pretty difficult for me was even though I was able to obtain you know, what, I, what I would have called at that time a great job, um, I was used to the military way of doing things. I was used to the, the camaraderie, the sense of mission, the, the pride in work that you have. Even if you don't necessarily like what you're doing, you still always have that pride and what you're doing because you're serving your country, you're helping out your, your fellow shipmates, as we call them in the Navy. Um, and, and that helps, that pride helps develop a true sense of teamwork. And even if you don't like a person, you still know that you have a mission to fulfill and you still know that you have to learn to work with them to get that done. Um, and then, like I said, you know, the, the kind of underlying pride and all that is serving, serving your country through the military and all that good stuff. Well, I learned very quickly in corporate America that huh. a lot of that just simply does not exist. Slightly different. <laughs> Teamwork is a buzzword that's thrown around a lot, at least in my experience. Again, I can only speak to my experience in the corporate world, but their understanding of it is very different than what the military teaches. Mm-hmm. And if it, for veterans who are like me, who tend to be don't require a whole lot of direction. We're, we're more self-directed and we like to kind of dictate our own future and kind of like, okay, just tell me what you need and let me go do it. Mm-hmm. And then 
I'll bring back to you whatever it is, the, 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 the first draft of the product, and then you tell me how to tweak it, and then, okay, I go on my own and get it done. That wasn't my experience in corporate America. And, uh, you know, corporate America is a little bit more cutthroat than the mm-hmm. military. It, the, it's instead of that, that working together as a team to get things done, it's more looking out for number one, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, you, you kind of I had to learn very quickly that I had to pay more attention to the politics, because if I didn't, I would get eaten alive. So those mm. are two very big things that I think, you know, every veteran has to kind of come to terms with in their own way, regardless of whether they've been in, in active combat on the battlefield or not, um, just reintegrating back into maybe a life they left behind or reintegrating into the civilian workforce. Um, you kind of have to, the military does a great job through basic training in breaking people down and rebuilding them back up to be uh-huh. integrated into the military life. But we don't have any kind of reverse boot camp, huh. <laughs> if that makes sense, which Maybe I think not. they should have. They should have mm-hmm. some kind of reverse boot camp that says, okay, we're going to now strip you of your military identity and rebuild you back up as a civilian. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I hope that answers your question, but uh, it's that's two kind of very um, real things that took me a while to come to terms with. Yeah, you know, there's a interesting point that you bring up, and that is what I'm hearing is having this um, – central cause or central mission when when you served and and it's like no matter how bad this the job may seem or how how much you didn't want to do it you still did it because you believed in a larger vision as far as what all of you stood for my question to you is when you came back and i'm assuming that that larger vision may not have been exactly the same one as the one that we experience for those that aren't able to or haven't had the opportunity to serve yet how did you recreate that and if so what was that vision what did it become that's a great question and and to be honest with you it took me about 14 years after getting out to really figure that out Mm. um in the corporate world i just couldn't find it i i tried to to fit in as best i could in the corporate world even to the point where I went back to school to finish up my degree um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, move up the corporate ladder the way we all try to move up the corporate ladder. Right. But when I was in the Navy, this is something that, that I realized too, a few years after getting out was I never realized how much I would miss the camaraderie sense of mission, pride of work, the, the way the military defines teamwork and uh, you know, the, the pride in serving your country. I never realized how much I would miss that until I was out. It's kind of one of those situations where you don't know what you got till it's gone. Type yeah. Thing. So I was seeking to regain those things in cor- in corporate America and I just couldn't find it. And, you know, it, it's, I finally had to come to terms with the fact that maybe this isn't what I was meant to do. Maybe this, this corporate life isn't the right life for me. So, um, I'd been toying around with the idea of entrepreneurship for a couple of years, um, you know, before I left corporate America. And then finally some circumstances arised within the company. Um, I was going to be ultimately forced to move to a different city and state. Didn't want to leave home, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I actually decided to leave and pursue this entrepreneurial dream. And kind of when I was processing it and really thinking heavily about it, I started thinking about well, what are those things you missed about the military? Like you said, 
And how, and first and foremost, can entrepreneurship fulfill that? And if so, uh -huh. how? Um, well, you know, I, I think most people can kind of get a sense of, of why veterans would make good entrepreneurs, great entrepreneurs, actually. You know, we're disciplined. We're, we're, we have that. We're trained leaders. Um, we know how to handle pressure well. We, we're ambitious. We have confidence. And we're willing to sacrifice. I mean, that's, you know, serving is a sacrifice in and of itself. Um, so, you know, I understood and I began to believe that, okay, I know I have the, you know, the baseline skill sets and the and attributes needed to be a good entrepreneur. Right. Um, but could I build that camaraderie, sense of mission, pride of work and teamwork and all that into it? And, and after that, I was like, well, yeah, it's my business. If I become an entrepreneur and start my own business, it's up to me to build the culture of that business. It's up yeah. to me to make sure I bring people in on my team who fulfill those attributes and skill sets that I'm looking for. And I think, you know, personally behavior and um, ability to work as a team is just as important, if not more important than the skill sets you bring into a position. Mm. So um, in a nutshell, you get to kind of create what you want as an entrepreneur. Uh -huh. And um, as far as sense of mission as an entrepreneur, um, not only are you creating jobs for people, careers for folks. Um, but you're also uh, building a legacy for your family, which is very important to me with my two daughters. I ultimately want to be able to leave my business to my two daughters um, and they can do whatever they want with it. They can continue to run it or sell it off or whatever they want to do. Um, but uh, it's, it's something that I want to give to them saying, you know, here's, here's something I've worked all my life doing and, and I want to give it to you. Mm -hmm. um, so the sense of mission is back. Um, I have something that I know will yield direct results that will benefit my family and benefit the people who work with me or for me. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, when, when the buck stops with you and you're responsible for everything, um, you, you have to develop a sense of pride in your work. But that tends to come anyway because it's yours. Yeah. It's, it's like you know renting a house versus buying a house. People take better care of houses that they own, that they live in, and that, and that they rent, right? Correct. So uh, owning your own business is no different. Um, and then uh, pride, you got, I mean, having that pride and uh, building that sense of teamwork and all those things that, that I that I missed about the military, I was able to bring in to, mm -hmm. to, to my business. And that's what I continue to do today. That's what gets me up in the morning. Um, instead of, you know... Uh, just being honest, waking up and saying, "Oh man, another day at work," and, huh. and doing whatever another day, I have to another dollar. Get up, exactly. Now I get up. I'm like, okay, I can't wait to get started. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see what's going on for the day. Let's uh, let's let's get in contact with everybody and let's get going. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have to force myself to stop. So if if you if whoever is watching or listening has heard that entrepreneurs work your work their butts off, huh. it's very true. We do. <laughs> And but it's not necessarily because we have to as much as it is because we want to. Because it's to. our it's yeah. our baby. It's our baby and it's kinda hard to step away sometimes. Because mm -hmm. it's just, just fun and exciting and, and motivating and thrilling. Mm -hmm. You bring up a lot of good points. I think one of the things about entrepreneurship that I've learned is I was having this conversation actually earlier today and I was saying how I was very fortunate to be able to prior to starting this particular organization and, and the community to turn away from the traditional um, 
methodology when it comes to building a business and that is when you have a concept go out there and go find your first client and that first sense of revenue and I did it differently I chose to be that client I chose to be that source of revenue and sure you know I there weren't uh dollar bills at the beginning of it all and and things like that to pay myself but I'll say this that the person that I've become there's no money can buy that the character that I've developed the confidence the ability to just connect with people on a human genuine level and not have it be driven by transaction monetary needs it's a whole different ball game i mean it's a whole other level of humanity that i think more of us need to explore and experience because at the end of the day when you really think about it, yes money is a valuable resource at in some circumstances but it's not everything you know there are things well, that money can't buy well that's a great point and that and i would add to it and, and and probably drive it home a little more by saying if you are happen to be entertaining the idea of becoming an entrepreneur solely to make money don't do it because you'll fail yeah and i say that i say that because i've seen it over and over again you have to believe in what you're doing you it has to make you feel good about yourself unless you're just a an absolutely greedy type person then maybe it'll work for you but for me I could never put my heart and soul into something just to make money because it, money doesn't motivate you enough. Money doesn't um, give you the wherewithal to stick to it and to yeah. not give up, um, especially if the money, like you said, isn't coming in right away. Um, because, you know, most of us go through that in the huh. beginning of businesses We're you know, we're, we're putting more money in usually than we're, we're getting out of it. Yeah. But we have that vision. We have, um, that dream of fulfilling whatever it is we're doing for to like, like the theme of this video to serve our fellow man, yeah. um, to, to better our fellow man. Um, and, and you got, you have to have that. You have to have a strong sense of purpose and sure money can open a lot of doors and money. It, like you said, it's a great tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, in my experience with other entrepreneurs that I've known who were completely money driven, it, it kept them motivated for a certain amount of time, but then they just, when it didn't, when it wasn't making them the wealth that they wanted as quickly as they wanted it, they dropped off one by one. Yeah. The ones that stuck through it were the ones that believed in what they were doing. Yeah. And I think that's a valid point. And, you know, it just makes me think that I think no matter what business you run, there's a time where, at least in my opinion, where you come to a circumstance where you're faced with the question of, do I stay or do I go? You know, do I get, do I go get a job or pursue some other venture or do I continue on with what I'm doing? And I think, what I've learned is that the only true way to answer that is to really understand why did you start this to begin with? Absolutely. And when you can align that with a sense of purpose, sense of mission, sense of service, I think that's what keeps you going. And then you get, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I was having another conversation and the guy said, he said something along the lines of when you get more connected to who you are, people begin to appear in your life. And yep. it's so true. And it made me think of this instance where you know, I was answering this question of, well, do we continue on with this or do we not? And the answer was yes to continue on. And immediately, I don't know what the time frame was, but literally that day I got a sign and it was a person uh, messaging us and we didn't message them or anything. This was a first time yeah. connection. They're like, hey, came across your podcast, um, never heard any of these stories before, but just listened to like three or four in a row complete you know for the next the last four hours straight and just was able to relate so much and so i appreciate you for what you're doing and i'm like there you go sign 
person coming into right. your life because you're aligned with who you are. Absolutely. And the flip side of that, the, those stories of, of uh, the greater power working their magic to, to bring those mm-hmm. types of circumstances into your life is great. The flip side of that is, is whether or not you realize it, you start to behave differently. Yeah. And you tend to draw in the type of people that can help you in one way or another, whether it's through coaching or helping you with a certain part of the business or, you know, fulfilling a certain specific need. You, in my experience, you draw those people in. And even through social media, you know, I'll use you and I as an example. Um, as part of my own marketing for my business, for example, I've toyed with the idea of doing a podcast. Um, and I've, I really ha- hadn't put a whole lot of thought into it as to, as to what it would look like, kind of who, who it would cater to and, and serve and, and that type of stuff. But as I've kind of thought about this discussion with you and kind of you know mentally preparing for it, that process kind of helped me hone in on, okay, well, if I were to do a podcast, this is who I would look to serve. This yeah. is who I would look to help develop, help to um, somehow bring value to, to this group of folks. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to kick off this podcast experience with the military theme. Because again, I, I it just kind of hit me like a like a like a ton of bricks that huh. I have these conversations all the time. And I yeah. and I offer a lot of solutions to folks who are having the same kind of struggles that I've been through. Why am I not being more proactive about this? Exactly. So Exactly. And a lot of the times, you know, it's it the other challenge of what you just mentioned is that it, it it is difficult to ask for help and it takes a, a huge level of courage to be able to step in and present yourself in a position where you may not know of certain things you may not know of certain people or certain ways to solve it and so me coming to you or whoever else and saying hey i don't know how to get through this any way you can help and so you create in this platform where, uh, where your voice and, uh, and the other individual's voice or however many people that decide to be a part of that can be heard, that's enough because sometimes people don't have to even speak up. And the whole courage, I mean, that's a journey. You know, it's not like I woke up one day and like, okay, I got all the strength and the confidence to just <laughs> share it all. No, it, it bite-sized pieces. I started with one thing and turned into a bigger conversation, bigger, bigger, and then transitioning into other platforms so it takes um it takes time to develop the whole thing one of the things that you mentioned earlier in regard to your daughters which i thought was a important point to note was this whole concept of legacy and um it just made me think of a question as you were going through it and that is how do you want to be remembered when your time is is done on this planet how how do you want others to remember you you know, that, that's a great question, and it's actually uh, one that I've put a lot of thought into. Um, mm-hmm. And it all boils down to, you know, I, I, it, to me, it doesn't matter as much what I do. It doesn't matter as much um, what I necessarily accomplish um, or, or being recognized for anything like that. What I want to be remembered for, honestly, is just being a genuinely good person. Mm. If If people are talking about me in the reception after my funeral, it would be, it would, it would be my greatest accomplishment to me. If people just said, wow, Derek was a great person. 
he did a lot of great things for a lot of great people. He used his resources to to help as many people as he could. Um, and again, even through my current um, entrepreneurial pursuits, that's my ultimate goal through the through the services I offer directly, uh-huh. um, and then through the bigger picture philanthropic um, activities that I participate in, and uh, some of the bigger um, involvement. Um, philanthropic involvement ideas that I have, you know, as I'm able to participate at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but really that's what drives me. Um, I, I want to be a good person. I want to serve my fellow man and I want to create opportunities for my fellow man. Um, and that, that's really it. You know, I want to be, I want my daughters to say we had a great dad. I want my parents to say we had a great kid, you know, if they're around, <laughs> I want, I want, uh, Everybody who came into contact with me say, yeah, you know, Derek wasn't perfect, but he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. Final That's... thought for today's episode. And this is a question that I ask all of our guests that come onto the show. And that is sure. who or what are you grateful for today? Who or what am I grateful for? The who is probably a whole other discussion, <laughs> <laughs> but Here's, here's what I'll say as far as the what. What I am grateful for is or are my struggles. Um, I fully believe that shying away from struggle or being afraid of struggle actually, um, it, it's, how do, I, how do I state it? Being, having that type of attitude towards struggle, you're really selling yourself short. Because we learn who we are and we learn what we're capable of through our struggles. And everything that I've struggled through from my childhood till today has made me who I am today. And if any of those struggles were any different or weren't there, or if my life was a little more cushy than it, than it has been, I wouldn't be who I am. And I kind of like who I am. <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm an all right guy. Um, and I like, I like what my priorities are. I like what my values are and I like what I bring to the table. Um, so that, that has to be it. You know, I, I can say I appreciate a lot of things. Um, but, but the struggles the, the, and then learning to appreciate the struggles gives me the strength to continue. Mm. And, and I have basically the philosophy now of, I don't try to do everything I pre- I can to prevent something from happening that will cause a struggle. I just know that struggles are going to come. Right. And that better mentally prepares me for it. So when, it, when the struggle does come, I could say, okay, well, here it is. Now let's deal with it and work through it. And most importantly, let's learn from it. Mm. Derek, how do people find you? And what are some of the things that you have coming up that people can be a part of? Okay, well, um, you can find me. Uh, the name of my company is Corazon Services. That's C-O-R-A-Z-O-N Services. Corazon means heart in Spanish. And it just so happens that my uh, motto is we put our hearts in everything we do. <laughs> we get that linkage there. Perfect alignment. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you, can, you can search for Corazon Services on Facebook um, or my name on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I'm now dabbing into the video creation on, on, um, YouTube. So you can find my YouTube page, not much there yet, but it will be growing, uh, um, hopefully quicker than slower. It started. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I'm totally comfortable giving my phone number out. 
My phone number is 303-521-2284. I love just talking with people and understanding, you know, people's journeys and seeing how I can plug in and maybe help them out and especially aspiring entrepreneurs and even as more especially um, veteran aspiring entrepreneurs. Give me a call. It's chat. I always, I always enjoy having a great conversation and I always learn something from other people as well. So it's just a great interaction. I appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing that and giving me an opportunity to learn something new. Um, many different elements, but one of them being the phone number. I've never heard I've, in all the episodes <laughs> that I've ever done. Never had that heard before. I've, I'm I've brave, heard people, man. I've heard people share their e- personal emails and network emails and um, ways to, you know, contact them through mail by sending them cards or whatever, but phone number. So this, so you, you learn something new every day. That's what I'm coming down to with all this. Um, I appreciate Absolutely. you being on here. Absolutely. You know, I appreciate you sharing and um, most importantly, I appreciate you for being you and just accepting an invitation to connect with other people and living with this mindset of you never know what's going to happen. You never know how a connection may open a door to an entirely different world that you didn't even know existed and what Absolutely. that world may be. Absolutely. Like I said, I'll thank you for the opportunity as well. Um, it's been a great discussion. I really appreciate it. Hope we keep in touch. And uh, mm-hmm. as always, for you and for anybody else watching, if there's anything you need, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.